Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. This morning we are going to be continuing the series of uh, Pastor John started last week, we're talking about making space. Um, For today, we are going to be looking at Joseph, and this Joseph is Joseph, the earthly father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I just want to, if you are following along in your Bible, um, you can read off of the the screen, or if you're following on your iPhones, however you're reading the scriptures today, we are in Matthew. and we start, we pick up the story at Matthew chapter 1, and we're reading from 18 to 34. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah happened in this way. When his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, some translations will say espoused, um, Before they lived together, she was discovered to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to disgrace her, decided to divorce her secretly. After he had thought about it, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So, if you could go to the next slide for me. Appeared to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, he said, Uh, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he is the one who will save his people from their sin, their sins. Now all of this happened to fulfill what was declared by the Lord through the prophet when he said, see, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph got up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. And he did not have marital relations with her until she had given birth to his son, and he named him Jesus. So we recognize here that Christmas is a time where we... um, we come into the house of God with different challenges, different struggles. For some of us, Christmas is a, is a hard time because we, are, we would have lost, lost loved ones. We may be going through different sorts of difficulties. Um, and so I can say to you as a leadership, when we were preparing um, to preach today, so Ethan's out in Martinsville and he's sharing probably at the moment, but we, we thought about what was God saying to us as a church. And that's important because I can tell you 10 different things that I personally see in this body of Scripture, but none of that may necessarily help you today. What we decided on was just really to trust God to speak to us so that we can share what we believe to be the voice of God to us as a church, to the neighborhood church, that will help to instruct us. So we're talking about making space. And oftentimes when we talk about making space, uh, 
different pieces of scriptures can misinterpret things. So for example, uh, I want to show you a, a, something of what making space is not. What making space is not. Because making space can mean a lot of things, but uh, throughout the week I noticed something and I want to show you an example of what making space is not. Here's an example of what making space is not. Our job, we're not telling you today, go home, move furniture, make space in your living room, sit on cardboard boxes. That's, that's not, that is certainly not our intention today. Um, what we want to do is we want to look, um, we want to look at Joseph and we want to take, uh, we want to take some lessons from him, lessons that can change us. Um, the, the, the image was deliberately blurry because I don't want to reveal who the person was. Amen. Um, so Joseph, I want to give you some context here. So Joseph has discovered that the woman he is about to be married to is pregnant. Uh, not a situation any man wants to be in. And he finds out that Mary is pregnant and he thinks about it. And he says to himself, I'm going to have to divorce her secretly. Because he's a righteous man, he doesn't want to shame Mary. And the consequences for Mary is severe. If Mary is discovered to be pregnant before she is married, it means she has committed sin. And she, like the woman that Jesus forgave and could not, would not condemn, could have been stoned to death. So the consequences for Mary... Is severe. Now, um, when we look at the life of Mary and we look at Joseph, there are lots of lessons, and and, and many scholars agree, and it and it really and truly doesn't matter. But these would have been two young people. Some people think that Mary would have been old and more, not necessarily true. Uh, most scholars believe that he'd been a young man, and Mary would have been a young woman, and they would have had a contract. And so with Mary becoming pregnant, something has to happen in the life of Joseph. He has to make space for Mary and for this baby. And that's the lesson that we're going to be examining today. We're going to look at this story and we're going to try to figure out what sort of space Joseph would have to make in order to accomplish the will of God. And as I said before, we, we firmly believe as a church that this is what, as a leadership, that this is, a, this is what God is asking of us as a church at this very moment. Amen? Amen. So the first thing I want to point out is that the invitation to make space uh, is not one that comes from the rabbi. The, the idea of making space comes from Christ himself, this triune God who desires to be with us. Uh, Isaiah 65.1 is an interesting piece of scripture, and it reads, I reveal myself to those who do not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me to a nation that did not call on my name. I said, here I am. Here I am. So this, this thing of making space comes from God himself. God is asking, calling on us. 
requesting of us. He is imploring us to make space in our lives because he is, he is king. And you will know that he is the triune God. He is both creator and father, and it is God's desire to spend time with us. Now, that's important because you may be feeling, well, I don't really want to spend time with God. You ever feel like that sometime? Ever feel like not praying? Not reading your Bible? We go through different things. God, even when we are struggling to make space for God, He is right there, ready. And as soon as we say, come in, He is there. The second point that I want to show you from the life, from the life of Joseph, and this one was very interesting. Throughout the scripture, you would find words that would come out that you could say, well, we can ascribe to Mary and Peter and Judas and all of these different persons in the Bible. There isn't a single documented piece of scripture to, that records a conversation with Joseph. He is silent throughout the scriptures. We don't have a piece of evidence to show what he would have said to Jesus as he was growing up. We don't have his conversation with Mary when he discovered that she is pregnant. And trust me, he must have said a lot of stuff. We have, we have no record of Joseph speaking. And the more that I thought about it, the more that I realized that what the scripture was telling us was something that was bigger than words. In verse 19, the Bible says that her husband, which would, which would have been Mary, her husband was a righteous man. Joseph was a righteous and just man. Isn't it amazing that that's all that needs to be said about you at the end of day? Look how God portrays this man who, is, who would carry, who would be the father, the earthly father of his son, Jesus. He, he, he leaves no record of anything said by Joseph. The only thing that he points to is that Joseph was a righteous man. And that alone was good enough for God. We try all sorts of things in life to please God. We... We make sure we show up on time for church. We make sure we serve. We do a lot of things thinking that God needs that. God doesn't need that to love you. God has never needed your permission to love you. If you tomorrow morning forgot to pray, Christ still loves you. And when God looks at you, he looks at you as the righteousness of God. He's covered you, clothed in his righteousness. So when he sees you, God is saying to you all the things that we do, because, you know, we, we like to wear our religion on our shoulders, right? Like our Facebook status and our Twitter handle says, I am a Christian. When, and, and we like to show people that we're Christians, right? So we wear the cross, or we wear the big T-shirts, and we put sold out for Jesus, and, we, and we, we make sure that we tell everyone, I am a Christian. 
And for God, the most important thing about Joseph was that he was just a righteous man. He didn't need to publicize it, didn't need to come to church every Sunday and articulate clearly his position on doctrinal principles so that people could be impressed. Because we try to impress people. We all try. I mean, guy, when you were trying, didn't you try to impress your wife? You went into your dictionary and you got all the big words said, honey, I love you in the same way the dove flies. No, that's messed up. Right? That's not even poem. That's not even poetry. But she said, roses are red and violets are blue. In the same way the rider win, I love you. You know, we're like, hey, we have all these things. We, we went into it. We went, we did all the right stuff and all those things. And, and for God, the only thing that matters to him is that we be righteous, that we be in right standing with God. So Joseph, Joseph's silence speaks clearly to us and is the most important message about his life, the fact that he was a righteous man. The third thing that I want to show you today about Joseph, and, you know, it's interesting when the angel of the Lord would have appeared to Joseph, the angel of the Lord would have started the conversation with Joseph by saying, fear not. Fear not. And, and Joseph would have, has a lot to be afraid of. But the, 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 the command to fear not echoes throughout the generations, throughout the ages to today. God says to us in Deuteronomy, he says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And so in the midst of our culture where we are, it's the hustle and the bustle and we are we're afraid to tell people that we are Christians. I, um, growing up, my parents taught, taught us and reinforced in church, we would go out and before you have a meal, you know the old ways, you washed your hands and then you prayed. You familiar with that? Well, well maybe, maybe Joel's not familiar with the washing hands part, but... When I was growing up, Joel, we washed our hands and we prayed. But we live in a generation when we were in public and we go to Boston Pizza. It is not, it is not that we forget to pray, you know. It's that we are embarrassed to pray. You're never embarrassed to pray? God, you will, you will embarrass me if we go out with you then. <laughs> But we are, so, we, are so, we are so afraid to tell people that we are Christians. When I, when I feel like that, because we all, sometimes we struggle, right? I go out with friends and I want to say a prayer. And when I close my eyes and I'm praying, if I find that I am rushing my prayer, and I'm thanking God really quickly, Lord, thank you for this food. I pray you bless and sanctify in the name of Son Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? And it looks like you just closed your eyes. You're trying to pray really quick. When I find that I'm doing that, I pause and I count to 10. 
because I want to be del- I want people to see that I've closed my eyes and prayed because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so God looks out to Joseph and he says to him, don't be afraid. I'm going to tell you to do some things here today and I want you not to be afraid. Don't be afraid when God calls you to love someone because we, if we've been hurt, we take a step back. We go, mm, let me see. I don't like people when they have that short hairstyle. They tend to be a little sleazy. Or we go, mm, she was born in March. She can't be a good person. We find all sorts of things in life where God tells us to do something. We find all, we find multiple reasons not to do it. We find multiple reasons not to follow God or do what he tells us to do. And so the angel looks out and he says to Joseph, fear not. Fear not. Because fear has this way of preventing us from encountering God. Fear has its way of preventing us from encountering God. We stand and we're worshiping and we feel like we just want to raise our voices, but we know we have a voice like Pastor Wayne and we're like, mm, let's not make that voice sound too loud, you know? We want to lift our hands, but no one lifted their hands in church, so we put our hands down. We fear things. And God is saying to us as his children, fear not. If God has called you to preach, preach. If God has called you to serve in a particular ministry, serve. If God calls you to go to Martinsville and evangelize, go to Martinsville and evangelize. Fear not. That new job that you were thinking that you're not good enough. And God says to you, you feel that nudging your spirit to write that application form. Fear not. Put it out there. You know that fear that you have, you know we're going to cut back on television and we're going to spend an extra 15 or 20 minutes in prayer. God is saying, fear not, try it. Try God, make room for him, make space for him. Because when God comes into our lives, we are so much more enriched than we were before or without him. So he looks at Joseph and he says to Joseph, fear not. And there are, some, there are some big takeaways in this passage of Scripture, some big takeaways. And I'm always conscious when I, I have an opportunity to preach because I always say, I want to preach. And if, if tomorrow I died, I want people to remember something about that sermon to help them. And so I want to share with you two big takeaways. And then when I'm done with that, I want to pray with you as a church. Uh, this is the last Sunday of the year where I'm going to be here. It's the last Sunday of the year also. I get, no, I get, we, go, we have one more. I get an opportunity to share something with you. Last Sunday when I am here, because I'm, I'm heading out to Hamilton to be with my wife and my two girls. And I wanted, I wanted to leave something with you as you prepare for the new year. So this part of the sermon is just for you. Thought someone has said, this is just for you. 
Come on, you guys be more Pentecostal. Touch someone and say, this is just for you. Just for you. Two big takeaways. The first one is that Joseph was very good at show and tell. My, every now and then, Ari and Elia would have show and tell at school. And they would, I would say, what do you want to take for show and tell? Elia always wants to take a unicorn. So she gets her unicorn doll or her unicorn babies or her picture of a unicorn and she gets her thing and she is ready to show. And I'm like, what are you going to tell people about the unicorn? <laughs> I don't know, but she wants, she wants you to show and tell. Look at this piece of scripture. The Bible said, when Joseph got out of his sleep, could you bring that up, that slide up for me? When Joseph got up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Do you notice that? As he got up from his sleep and he went to it. He was all about business. Joseph was all about doing what God had commanded him. Joseph believed in short tale. He didn't sit down and analyze whether this thing made sense based on the teachings or the writings of a particular theologian. He wasn't concerned about that. He did not consider whether it worked well in his culture. Joseph was all about show and tell. He got up and he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. I'm saying to you today, I know you, you know, we're going to go, we're going to do some different things in life. You're going to go through some struggles. In this season, when we talk about making space for God, you can go home and analyze and overanalyze the situation. You can go home like Joel did last week, and he got his book out, and he started to write, what would making space look like? And he put prayer, and he put spend time in the Word, and he had a couple of things there. He even put there, make some time to spend with the wife. Didn't you, Joel? Sure did. And when he was done, he got his, went to his book bag, backpack, pulled out all his theological textbooks, and he started to examine whether those things were really what God was saying to him. So God's word today to Joel and all of us who want to do those things is to just do it. Just do it. Take five minutes in your day and spend time with God. When you sit at your Christmas table before you eat that turkey and you, dis you, you devour all of the good things on that table, close your eyes and say a prayer. Take something from what you have and give it to someone because it's the nature of God to give. Don't, don't wrestle with it. Do exactly what God commanded you to do. Whatever God is saying to you to do, whatever ministry God is prompting you to get involved in, whatever person he is prompting you to call and to pray with, all the things that God is asking you, and you know, because we know God's voice. 
The Bible said, my sheep know my voice. All the little things, that person that you need to forgive because they took that parking spot and you know them. I know Jane and she took that parking spot or she didn't, <laughs> she didn't return my cornware or she didn't return my dishes. All the things that God is asking of you to do, I encourage you today, just do it. And it may be uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be uncomfortable and it doesn't have to be popular. Just do it. Show and tell. Hear the voice of God and just do it. The second thing that I want to leave with you today is the high cost. I want to show you the high cost, this extremely difficult price that Joseph would have had to pay to follow God. Here are a couple of things that Joseph would have experienced. He would have been shamed because, you know, his, his girl went out and got pregnant and it's not even his child, but he is so stupid. He is still going to marry this girl. He would have been shamed, publicly shamed because his family and her family would know that she is pregnant. It's hard to hide a belly. <laughs> Unless you're like me, you're a guy. You're like, okay. <laughs> you wear a sweater and you just, you just breathe deep. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it, Joel. I'm working on it. I'm in the gym twice a week. That, that's not enough? <laughs> he would have been shamed. He would have been despised. Mary would have been rejected. And for him taking Mary, he would have been rejected. Joseph has to uproot himself from his village and leave. So he loses his income. He loses his job. And he becomes a stranger in a strange land because God would command him to go to Egypt to hide the baby. That's a significant cost for following God, isn't it? That's a, that's a high price to pay for following God or obeying the instructions of God. I'm saying to you, sometime God will, sometimes God will tell us to do something. It's not going to be popular. And it's going to be messy, and it's not going to be easy. You see, the doctrine of name it, claim it, and frame it is not biblical. And what Joseph could have done was name a house, pray about it, lay hands on it, plead the blood on it, cover it with the blood, put some scriptures on it. And then show up, but that was not what God was saying to him. He said, go to Egypt and hide a baby. So he goes into a foreign land with a language that he does not speak. And he looks different from the Egyptians. He loses his job. He loses his family. He has no connection. He has no grandmother to help babysit the baby while he is there he loses everything and he pays that price but god listen what jesus says to us in mark 10 29 to 30 he says no one 
No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children and field for me, the gospel will fail. None of those persons will ever go unrewarded because the gospel will not fail to reward you with homes and brothers and sisters and children and field and all of these things. Now we can take this. Not, this, is not, this is not a piece of scripture to take literally. We will give up. God is saying to us, you can give up father and mother and children and field and wife and sisters and all of that stuff in this present age if you give that up god will reward you with those things in this age and in the age to come and again i want you to be careful here if you've given up one wife god will not reward you in heaven with 100 wives <laughs> it's the <laughs> What we do is that we give up the things, whatever we give up for God, God rewards us with family and he gives us peace of mind and hope. We give up the tangible things for sometimes the intangible. And I'm not saying that God does not bless because God is faithful to bless when he chooses to. I want you to take these two things away in this sermon. I want you to show and tell whatever God asks you to do. I want to encourage you as your pastor, as your brother, as your friend, to just do it. And I'm saying to you, in doing it, sometimes the price is a high price to pay. Sometimes you lose out on friends. Sometimes because you don't party the way others do, you're at home on Saturday night while all your friends are out having a good time. That happens. Does it happen, Joel, to you? Don't feel bad about it. God will reward you. The reward of Christ is sure. It is a certain thing. The Father tells us in his word that when Jesus comes to him, that Jesus will prepare a place for us. Our hope is not the hope of the world. We have a hope that is firm and secure. I just want to encourage you today to make space for Christ this Christmas. If you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you're struggling with your relationship with him, I encourage you today to open up your hearts and ask God to just come in. And making space means you have to get rid of some things. You got to purge. I met my wife and convinced her that I was a good man by repacking her suitcase. Because she was visiting Guyana and she couldn't pack. And you know Sonia, Sonia got a lot of stuff. If you know my wife, you know he has a lot of stuff. Half of it is shoes. You know, it's a str the struggle is real. Men know, men know. She couldn't pack everything in his suitcase. So I said, what, what are you struggling with? Let me, let me pack it for you. So I unpacked it and packed it again, and everything fit. But I kept my fingers crossed. <laughs> Because I needed to show that if I, I can pack a suitcase. 
sometimes in life we have to empty things. We have to, we're going to have to get to make accommodations for God. We're going to have to get rid of sin and anger and bitterness and jealousy. We're going to have to give up the unkind nature. Some of us will have to give up Facebook and Twitter. We're going to have to empty some things that don't really fit well in what God has commanded us to do. You're going to have to give up that friend who keeps telling you that you're no good. You're going to have to give up the idea that you are no good. You're going to have to give up the idea that you're not loved. You're going to have to give up the idea that you're not good enough. There are some things that you're going to have to give up, but I promise you, if you give those things up, God will fill you with beautiful things. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.